Welcome to the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. All right, welcome back to uh, the TJ Mullen Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. Uh, you just heard from Marla with Ace, and uh, you got a kind of a perspective for the mission and the vision of what God's doing in Jamaica. But uh, now we get to sit with Devon, and uh, Devon, welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah, man, nice glad here. you're here. Would you? So this is what I know, and this is what I appreciate about Devon. If you walk onto any campus, if it's Galena or Hampstead, these are places in Jamaica, different schools. Um, all the kids run to Devon. They love him. He he loves kids. He serves kids. You'll hear a little more about that. And uh, and I appreciate that about you. You all you're so good with teams too, connecting with teams and, and putting us in the right places. But tell us a little bit, if you will, what it what's it like in Jamaica for those of you for for those that are listening, they're like, what is Jamaica like? What's it like to grow up in Jamaica? What What's been your experience? Wagwan, everybody. That's, that's how I say. What's Hello, up? Jamaica, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I grew up in a middle-class Jamaican family. Okay. Uh, however, they came out of poverty. So I, I'm used to, uh, you don't get like vacation holidays, you know. That's going to the river. That's going to wash out the river to get your clothes clean, you know. Uh, we don't know about games and video games and that kind of stuff. It's using carton boxes and making trucks and stuff like that, you know, like that's your fun, uh, which honestly, it just made community and you know everybody, everybody knows you. It's just like really close-knit. So that's kind of like really what my youth was like. It was more outdoors, more being around friends, cousins, aunties, uncles, that kind of stuff. Uh, however, like... From a personal standpoint, I grew up in uh, church. Church is a big thing in Jamaica. Uh, They say Jamaica has the most churches per square mile, uh, (laughs) although they say for every church there's two more bars. Uh, (laughs) uh, Jamaica is a Christian country, and, like, most of my youth was really everything is connected to uh, church. However, I guess the problem, which I think is probably international, is that even though we were connected to church, we didn't fully grasp or understand who God is in the yeah. personal, relational sense. So my mom was an evangelist. My dad was a pastor. And I grew up in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, all I knew was, you know, uh, church. So uh, I got saved at 11 years old. So at that point, I was just doing what I was taught, what I'm used to. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I didn't get to go to, like... We call them dances uh, in in Jamaica. That's where they go to party, like real partying and stuff like that. And, you know, as a kid growing up in church and not getting to experience like, that kind of stuff, I felt like maybe I'm not really saved because then what am I saved from? I was always in church as a kid anyway, going with my parents or whatever. So then am I really a Christian? You know, that kind of stuff. So when I got to uh, college, so I went through high school a little bit early. So I finished uh, high school at 15 years. Well, at I was 15 years old? Yeah. So you're incredibly smart. Uh, nah, no, I've witnessed nah, it. I nah. know it's true. I know it's true. <laughs> it, it, so what you're saying is up to the point that you left high school, you had a a religious experience, but you didn't have a relationship with Jesus. No. Nah, okay. Nah. Okay. It was just doing what I saw because gotcha. that was all I knew. Okay. Uh, but then when I got to, when I finished high school and now I was supposed to go to college well as you asked if I was smart I was smart enough to 
skip ahead a little bit, but not smart enough that I could go into college that young. So I had like a year or two years in between. In Jamaica, uh, like 17 years old, 18 years old, that's when like you get enrolled. Gotcha. So if you're a, you know, regular average kid. So I basically had like two years in between where I had to figure out what do I want to do with my life. So the two things I said I'd never do, I'd never be a pastor because that's what my dad was. And everybody kept saying pastor, pastor, pastor's kid. Never going to do that. And then the second thing I said I never wanted to do was to be a teacher because that's (laughs) what my mom did. So my aunts did. That's what my cousins did. That's what my brother did. I'm like, not going to be a teacher, not going to be a pastor. So I left home uh, like uh, in terms of like figuring out what I want to do. So I decided I was going to be an architect because I liked the building aspect, you know, creating new stuff. And then I also said I was a peer counselor in high school. So I said I wanted to be a psychologist if the architect doesn't work out because I'd understand the mind and I'd know how to, you know, get girls. So that was like my thing. (laughs) So I was like, all right, that was my motivation at 15 years old, figuring out what I want to do. We couldn't afford... That tells you how smart you are, though, because most guys, Devon, most guys are like, how do I get a girl? You know what? Fast car. And you're like, how do I get a girl? I'm going to understand the psychology of women through, you know, I'm really going to understand the mind, you know? It tells you, man, like, you're, you, on a man. Different, you're on a different plane than all of us <laughs> are orbiting at, okay? Thank you, man. Uh, but, like, in figuring out, so my mom, she says, my mom's a praying mom. Uh, we come from a Pentecostal, Pentecostal, you know, background. Sure. So she says she was praying as she always does. She prays, she was praying about my future, you know, what she's going to do with me now. Because I can't stay at home at that point. I have to figure out, you know, sure. what's going to happen. Uh, so I decided that I'm going to be doing a trade school, which I'm going to learn how to do construction, you know, laying blocks, you know, that kind of stuff, the work part of it. And I tie in like building design into it to kind of like get towards the architecture thing eventually when I'm old enough and I can afford to do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but my mom came and said, I was praying about it. And the Lord wants you to go to seminary. I've never heard of what seminary was. Even though uh, my father was a pastor, we were rural. So, like, it wasn't like they had to go to seminary to be a pastor. It was whoever had the enthusiasm and whoever was willing, that's the person who leads. And uh, in my experience, what has happened is, like, I've had uh, pastors in my area that they didn't know how to read. And, you know, through their enthusiasm, God taught them how to read. Like, they'll know how to share the word but they can't read a letter. So, you know, like uh, my father always says, he taught me as a kid, like always pray for wisdom. He says, uh, Solomon, that's what Solomon asked for. And God will not withhold something you asked for. So he asked for wisdom. And like, I kind of took that always trying to be practical, be smart, be making wise decisions. So anyway, uh, my mom says, God told her you're going to seminary. Now I grew up Pentecostal, but I'm a skeptic. In the sense that I know God speaks to you, but in my mind, God speaks to you through reading the word. Yeah. Like, I've never experienced, you know, that myself. So I was like, ah, she says that. She's my mom. She's going to pay for it. So it is what it is. (laughs) But I said, like, hold on a minute. Let me do my trade school and figure out my architectural thing, construction thing first. Uh, And I did that uh, for uh, since 15, 16, 17. I kind of went through that process, you know, got certified and all that. But then I was like, I don't want to work in the sun. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I want to design. I want to do the fancy stuff. But, you know, we couldn't really afford that aspect. 
And then, like, by the time I finished two years of doing the architectural stuff, then uh, my mom came back to me again with what she says God was directing me towards. But when I went to seminary, my life changed because now I'm not at home. And I was in seminary school, but I was around a set of people who that's when I just like, it's not church every day anymore. Yeah. Now I get to live my own life in terms of how I want to live. I remember, but every experience I had in terms of like going to uh, an event that was like, you know, uh, dance or parties or whatever, like I always feel uncomfortable and just never fit in. I just didn't feel normal or comfortable. So at one point I said to myself, you know, probably I'm made to be a Christian. I don't know. Probably that's just the way God has me to be. You know, like I won't be a boring guy until I die. (laughs) But, you know, like in this process, though, uh, I'm still at seminary learning how to understand the word uh, and understanding it like what God's intent was and when he says these things and Doing me living over here, how I want to live or figuring that out and just going to school because my mom sent me, I learned uh, that there is purpose. Like God doesn't do anything just random. So I kept asking myself, you know, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? I remember at church, so they talk a lot about the Holy Spirit in my church. And this is like, you should be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And like, I kept praying about it. I was so enthused about it. I'm like, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, so it's not happening to me. I was upset. So I was like, I've been praying all these years because my mom and teacher and all the church told me, didn't be filled with the Holy Spirit. I never got it, so I'm done. I'm like, it's whatever. So living my life, forgetting that I was upset with God, I didn't really think about it anymore. But I'm doing the 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 practical learning the word aspect. some point, God kind of put it together for me. I remember I was in uh, my second year of seminary. And I was still in the back of my head thinking, you know, what's what's my purpose? What am I going to do when I'm done? Because in my mind, I got connected to some people and I'm thinking, how do I earn? How do I make money? How do I become financially free? All that. That's where my headspace was, even though I was, you know, studying all this. And I was at my aunt's house and uh, very, uh, I, I wouldn't say like God spoke to me, but I have a very vivid, clear vision of what my life would be like at the end of it or in a purpose for my life. And it kind of worked out in the sense that uh, it came to me like three tears in the sense that, all right, God wanted me uh, to help elderly, not elderly people, like uh, homeless people. Because one, while I was doing my training, doing construction, uh, early morning I went by and I did not know, because I said I grew up in a middle-class Jamaican family, I did not realize homelessness was something that was a big thing in my own environment. So I was going to work 6 o'clock in the morning, and Red Cross was feeding, like, it's all like 50 or 60 people in the area, but you'd never see them during the days. But they all came to be fed, and I was like, maybe that's something that, you know, that, that, that experience touched me. And then, you know, fast forward, as I said, in college, like, everything, like, culminated with when I was saying to God, you know, what purpose or what can I do with my life? And he's like, you're going to help homeless people. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to use your knowledge in construction and you're going to help with building homes. You're going to use your knowledge in psychology because when my mom said I'm going to do theology, I added guidance counseling on it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm doing theology, but... Because I, yeah, I, I, I still want the girl. I still want to get the girl. Give so, me a little you know, 
I, I was going to use my, my, my uh, you know, helping profession skills, you know, with counseling and that kind of stuff to help with the rehabilitation process, you know, helping them out mentally, emotionally. Then you're going to use your trade skills to, like, help them to be able to help themselves at some point. And then it all kind of came together where he was like, you actually know how to, you know, break down the word. You know how to exegete. You know how to make sure it's what God's saying. You can help them understand what God wants for them in not a, like, a, you know, flurry kind of way. So I was like, all right, cool. But that just came in my head. Still wasn't thinking about it. I finished college. My head of department was like, so what are you going to do now? And then I had a uncle in Brooklyn. He owns, like, restaurants and stuff. The foreign exchange in Jamaica, like, it's like 100 to, well, it's 150 to 1 right now. So I'm like, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. I'm going to work with my uncle, make some money, and then I'm going to come back to Jamaica and figure out the architectural thing. still in the back of my head. But then my head of department said, but, like, that's temporary, you know. He came back to the whole purpose conversation, you know. What are you going to really do with your life? You know, you have these skills. You have these things that you've learned theology, you know, like, why not go in ministry? And then that's how I, he said, like, hey, it's Pastor Hemmings. I don't know if y'all met him, but he's like, you know, there's this lady in St. Mary who's doing ministry, something similar to what you say God, you know, wants you to do before you die or whatever. So why not work with her and learn? And then I spoke to him, like, two days before graduation, and I went to an interviewer to sit down with Marla to talk about, you know, uh, what she does. I think I shared my story. And, like, I graduated a Saturday and I started working with ACE the Monday, which is significant because most of the people who graduate, like, if you get the chance to go to college, when you're done, you go to a call center. You usually don't get a job in any of the fields you study, which is why Jamaica ends up having a lot of people migrating, you know, because earning sure. yeah, is not, like, a big thing. So that was kind of like a, a God connection. Like, the entire process, I planned to get girls, planned to make money, but God's like, all these skills, you're going to use it to do something in my kingdom you never planned for. That's incredible. And I'm going to give you that connection so you can learn and be a part of something. And it's been so cool and neat because Ace actually, since I've been with them, has done stuff with homeless people. That's awesome. You know, so it's just like, that was like my journey getting here. So you go to college, then you, you become employed by Ace, right? Mm-hmm. You're working with Ace. What's your kind of springboard to now if we can. What's your role? What do you do at ACE? Uh, what do you oversee? What are your hands-on? What's your job? My job is officially called the ACE Child Sponsorship Coordinator. Okay. But really, we do everything. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, but my main role is really, so the kids that are sponsored, the kids that uh, are identified, well, they all have needs, but when we decide to partner or connect with a child, my responsibility is going out there, finding out these kids who have these needs, and when I report back to ACE, I connect them to sponsors. I make sure that all their needs are met. I make sure that their mental, physical, and emotional needs are met so we can provide food when they need food. Uh, we can provide counseling where it's necessary, and boy, can I tell you, it's necessary. Yeah. You know, just relationship, because what happens is, so many of our boys or families uh, are, wasn't as fortunate as me. Because even though I lived in St. Mary, I grew up in St. Mary because I was a middle-class Jamaican, I did not know there were people living 15 minutes 
20 minutes in the same area up in the hills from where I live, living in boxes that are significantly tinier than the room we're in. Sure. Uh, it's all wood and old zinc and old tin and all that stuff. I did not experience that for myself. And then connecting to ACE and seeing what it means to live Christian, live, live Christianity or live your faith, actually being the hands and feet of God, like that's where my role comes in. I function as that person to offer to these boys who have no father in their family, never had anybody who had the time to even go or be welcomed or visited a church uh, to show them that, hey, there's value into your life. So my goal is while we equip them with get them health good, get their education up, while we make sure that they have the ability to earn when they leave school, my role is really connecting with these families, boys and girls and aunts and uncles, and making sure they understand there's value in your life and we want to help you get there. So that's really what my role is. So you're really kind of pastoring and teaching these families. You're shepherding, like making sure they have their needs like a pastor (laughs) or a shepherd, and you're teaching them the word and all the things you told God you wouldn't do. Yeah, pretty much. That's incredible. So what would you say say to somebody? This is a, a, a question that I've just been sitting here thinking through from your context. What would you say to somebody? They're in that in between of they're they're leaning more into the skeptical side of their brain and their heart when it comes to trusting God. Kind of in the between of what am I going to do with my future? What am I going to do with my life? Like I, I know we have a ton of college kids that listen to this podcast. So, what would it look like for them, or 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 what would you say to them if they're in that in between season of like? I know, I think I know God's real. I know God has a plan for me, but I also want to do my own thing. And should I really trust God? Like all of those questions, is there a word of advice that you would give? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is like, they say, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, or flip around. Like whatever plans you think you have, or you think is the best way to work it out. My father would say it like this. As a parent, I've experienced so many things that you've not experienced. And I can almost tell you the direction of what things going to happen uh, when you decide you want to do stuff. Well, God is significantly smarter and more brilliant than our natural parents. God made you and has a purpose for you. And you may think you figured it out, but God, who knows what's down the line, he has what's best. And in that moment when you're trying to figure out, do I do the thing to earn or do I do the thing to be flashy? Or do I do the thing to be off purpose? I always say, go the direction of purpose, because guess what happens? You see that peace that comes from doing something that's purposeful? Whatever you earn doesn't, like, can't fill that gap. Because when I was, I mean, when I was, like, going into college and, like, doing well and whatever, and I got opportunities to work and, like, earn in terms of I have my family, new people and stuff, but then when I was at ACE, and I mean it's a ministry, uh, it's all the funds comes through, you know, donations, all that. And I had a degree in um, guidance counseling and theology. I could be employed where I'm like at a school or whatever, government pay, you know, benefits and all that. And when I'm at ACE and I look into a kid's life and I see that, hey, I could be this benefit and this child is doing better because they know who you are and you spoke to them and you spend the time to listen to them. That far outweighs anything that you could possibly feel like you're doing to earn. It's good, man. And the good thing is God takes care of you because yeah. then uh, 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 my family was like, when we're 
cleaning. Sometimes we're getting manure from uh, donkeys. <laughs> Sometimes we're painting houses. Sometimes we're just taking up garbage off the road. And you're like, is this what I got my degree for? <laughs> but then it's like, God takes yeah. care of you, man. God yeah. takes care of you. So if you really believe that God is supreme and God is the one who you want to serve and make happy, like the the outcome or what you earn or what you get or the life you think is for yourself, it's far pales in comparison to what real purpose is. So go the way of purpose. And you'll know. There's always something in the back of your head that says, that's purpose. You're like, no, just show me a sign that gives me over here. But yeah. you always know purpose. So go purpose. Go where you feel peace. Go where that kind of inkling in the back of your head is saying, this is really what will make me be purposeful. That's incredible. That's incredible. Devon, listen, I, I hope you've had a, a good time. I, I don't think I can add anything to that or we can add anything to that. And I hope if you're listening, listen, this may be a new thing for Ace. You guys to make some, some, some money for the organization. You need to hashtag, you know, go the way of purpose, the way of purpose or something, man. I'm, I'm sitting here like I'm profoundly shook right now at this idea that, in your life, you have this opportunity in front of you to earn all the things you think, right, you would ever want or do, but the purpose that you have, the purpose that you found in Christ and in your daily job, even when you're shoveling stuff out of the road or whatever it is, purpose trumps earning when the purpose is full. And 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 that also, I think, again, kind of ties back into that idea of faith, right, because ultimately you have to trust God's going to provide. So there's times that the purpose is full and the earnings aren't. So God steps up and delivers. Man, that's just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Before you go, before we wrap this up, uh, I know we've been talking for a minute. Just snapshot your favorite thing to do on the island, your absolute favorite thing to do in your organization at ACE. What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite moment? My favorite moment, uh, my favorite thing to so because I grew up near the ocean, like, I feel at peace being in the ocean. So I like quiet time at the ocean. So my favorite thing to do is uh, I actually share a small story. So because I love the ocean so much, like, I'll go to the ocean and I'll fall asleep lying on the beach. And one day, I like to sleep. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> one day, I actually fell asleep on the beach and three fishermen kept walk, walk passing by. And they're like, oh, they thought it was a dead body. <laughs> it's like, don't <laughs> ever do that again. But my favorite thing is just to, like, close my eyes listen to the ocean yeah. and just, like, it's comforting. That's like my favorite thing to do. Awesome. So, What's your least favorite thing to do? Uh, my least favorite thing is, so our roads are not the best. Horrible. Well, there Horrible. you go. That, that's yeah. accurate. So my least favorite thing to do is actually driving on the island. <laughs> gotcha. Any, like a 15 minutes trip will feel like an hour trip is so bumpy, so horrible. But otherwise, I mean, a lot of stuff. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, man, I just want to say thank you for sharing a little bit of time and talking. I know every year it's always a highlight for me when I get to come down, I get to see you and and the way that you love your job and you love the organization, you love the kids and the way the kids respond to you. And especially in the child sponsorship program, uh, we we shared it earlier. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can grab this under under the actual link, but uh, you can sponsor kids through ACE. You can uh, partner with them to make sure that they are fed and clothed and in school. Uh, because in Jamaica, you have to have a uniform to go to school, correct? Yeah, you have to have a uniform. So it, I, I said we're wrapping up, but I got to grab this one thing. A lot of families, because of the poverty, 
they have they share uniforms. So a kid will go Monday, and then the next kid will go Tuesday, and they'll just kind of rotate because mm-hmm. of their lack of uniforms. Right. That's happened before. Yeah, that's happened. And yeah. then, like, what you find is, like, textbooks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You find that you're using the textbook that your aunt or your uncle or your brother that use, like, everything is passed on. Gotcha. And quite often you find that, Layla have just two uniforms for the entire school year. They have to wash one today, wear the next one tomorrow, it dries the next day. That's kind of, like, their situation. So, like, their resources, or our resources, rather, are very, very uh, limited based on what we'll provide. And then the government doesn't really do much to help with that, so you're on your own. Sure. And, again, because they're not able to read and write, they're employability is not that great. So my role in terms of sponsorship is sponsorship allows us to give these people and give my give Jamaicans resources so that the basic stuff, you know, writing books, books to write stuff in, pencils, that kind of stuff, that's what sponsorship gives the kids. And these are the needs that I fulfill through my role based on the sponsorship. Awesome. So listen, if you're if you're tracking and your heart's about to just thump out of your chest right now and you want to get involved in some way, make sure that you go check check ace out online uh you can sign up for kids sponsorship you can support you can donate to the ministry you can partner with ace you can send a trip if you're a pastor looking for somewhere a trusted organization where you can send people um if you're a college student and you're looking for somewhere to intern for the summer there there are so many opportunities that ace provides and uh, and i hope you at least click on the link and check it out uh we love you guys thanks for hanging out with us today Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. If you enjoyed this episode, share with a friend. For more content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. If you have any questions you would like to ask TJ, whether it is about life, leadership, or the gospel, you can email those to TJ Malden Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again on the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast.